Welcome back to the No Notes Podcast. Ooh. I'm JD. I'm Morgan. And this week we're joined by a very special guest. Iris! Ooh. And this week we're going to be talking about movie musicals, or musicals in general, but movie musicals, because it's a movie podcast. Musical movies, maybe. Musical movies, yeah. I think <laughs> musicals as a concept is something that Iris has a specific knowledge about, which is why we asked her to come on. So Iris, uh, let's just get the ball rolling. What is your... What's your history with musicals? Um, or- yeah, so I uh, grew up painfully shy and would never have thought I would be on the stage or involved in theater in any way, but I was obsessed with it. I loved it so much. Um, and then um, my parents threw me into theater and I ended up falling in love with it and it transformed me as a human being. And um, that's why I teach it now. Um, <laughs> but, um, I went to a performing arts high school called Ardios Academies of Sugar Hill. Um, and I did theater and musical theater there. Um, and then I went on from there to um, uh, pursue theater education in college. And um, I'll be working on my MFA in theater education later this year as well. Um, I've done some directing with um, a th- community theater in um, near Knoxville, Jefferson City, Tennessee, um, and that's Legacy Theater. I directed um, 12 Angry Jurors with them, which is a version of 12 Angry Men. So, yeah, those are some things. So, yeah, you're way more qualified than either of us oh, to yeah. be talking about this subject. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Morgan, what's your relationship with uh, musicals like? I I like a good musical. Well, you're I, from Oklahoma. I'm from Oklahoma. Do you like Oklahoma? Um, we I have never seen all of Oklahoma. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But it's okay. <laughs> at all of the football games and the basketball games and the baseball games, we sing Oklahoma yes. from the musical Oklahoma. That's incredible. Um, like at the seventh inning stretch. So I know uh-huh. that song and I sing it at karaoke night every single time it is available. Um, but I I like I like musicals. Um, I'm not a huge music person, just out of ignorance, I think. I think the more I learn about it, the more I would like it, but just not my super most interested topic. Sure. Um, I really like live plays. I've seen Phantom of the Opera on Broadway. That is the only live musical I have ever seen. But I have seen lots of the movies. So mm-hmm. it's good. I'll watch it. I'll listen to it a little bit in my car. Um, yeah. A yeah. perfectly average musical movie fan. So valid. Yeah. I think that's probably how I would have described myself. Well, I'll say growing up, you know, I grew up in Alabama. Growing up in the South as a boy. <laughs> oh. I was like... Musicals are gross. Musicals, <laughs> musicals are for girls. You know, like, everyone, like, hated musicals. Um, and so for a while, I was just like, yeah, musicals are gross. It's just not my thing, you know. Like, just talk. Talk about your feelings. What are you going to say? Until I watched Les Mis in high school, and I was like, oh, wow. Like, you can do a yeah. lot of really powerful yeah. storytelling yeah. through song. Um, and, like, the mo- the movie musical with Hugh Jackman and Anne Hathaway, like, Open my eyes to a whole mm. new world of <laughs> storytelling and film, mm. and since then I've become a lot, uh, a lot more of a, a consumer of musicals, particularly movie musicals. Uh, like mm. I, you know, I, I, and we'll, and we'll talk a lot. Well, let's just dive on into it. Let's um, do, it. do it. Because yes. I, I feel like when it comes to at least in the twenty first century, the movie musical, there are two major categories there are you know movies that originated as musicals written for the screen and there are or actually let's back up let's back up let's rewind a moment rewind a little bit <laughs> let's define a movie musical first let's define <laughs> it. that sounds like a great idea so when i talk about just musical even as a story let's like remove movie from it yes what what are the characteristics of a musical okay um, so my professor in college, shout out Kyle Beery, first and last name, let's go. Kyle, um, if you're listening. Hey, um. Kyle. Um, he said that a, and I agree with this, um, definition that, uh, a musical uses music to drive the story along. So it's not just a movie or a play with music where someone sings a song, but that song is being used um, in the action to drive the story along um, mm-hmm. in, in the place of dialogue or something like that. Um, 
not always dialogue. It could be some internal thoughts and things like that, but mm-hmm. it's moving the story forward. I like that definition. I think that's kind of what I had settled on in our um, outline here. Like, it's a story that uses music set, you know, lyrics set to music, mm-hmm. common <laughs> recurring themes or motifs maybe mm-hmm. to drive the story forward in place of something else. Mm. But the songs, I think, for it to be a musical, the songs must necessarily be a key element of the story and drive it forward. Mm. I would say is like the the sticking point. And I would take it one step further and say that the performance from the actors interacting with other actors has to be through the songs. It can't be... Yeah. Well, not that it can't be. I personally, like, I don't call Pitch Perfect a musical. Yeah. Even though the music is driving the story, it even has elements of the story. It's like the big ending. Yes. It is a very important part, and they're acting to each other while they're performing, but they're not performing to each other. Yes. And I feel like that is, like, the the barrier that gets broken when it's like, oh, that was a musical. Mm. Yeah. That, that's a hot take. I feel like a lot of people, and I, yeah, I'm surprised with you being film people <laughs> having the same opinion because yeah. in college we would we would debate about this and the film students were always like, if it has music, it's a musical. And we were like, no, it must drive the story. Um, but even a lot of like musical lovers and theater folks, thespians, um, do love Pitch Perfect and would call it a musical. But oh. I... I, I can't see it that way because um, it's just you were performing songs and it's yeah. not yeah it's not driving along yeah I agree I think it's important to I don't know I think like a musical as a storytelling medium like I think it would be maybe not ignorant but definitely flippant to just say oh if it has music it's a musical oh, you know yeah. because sure, yeah. I think that you know it's like it's really intentional a movie can have songs or a song and dance number mm-hmm. yeah. and not be musical. Like, like Pitch Perfect maybe is a good example. Like, mm-hmm. I think that distinction of like, it is a musical because it drives the actions, right. it drives the story, like it drives the characters, the characters' thoughts are expressed through mm-hmm. song, through lyrics. Mm-hmm. I think like those are key elements. Like it can't just be a musical because it has music. Right. I think For... it needs to have something else. Sorry, just yeah. a thought in my brain. Are there musicals that don't do singing it's like all dancing tap dancing or just like live oh music what about like ballets like swan lake yeah that was my yeah, first that's all story no like, word it's yeah. all story but it's all told through dance and through yeah. physical performance because there's plenty of movies that do that movies yes. that just film acting and their the music is like the core yeah, I mean, pushing like, think, the emotion. Like, of you're thinking so back to like Buster Keaton, Charlie yeah, Chaplin, yes. silent films, you know, like Sherlock Jr. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna it's... get on that more again. It's right, the next big thing. <laughs> I'll force my students to do it next year. <laughs> that is really interesting. Well, you do have like spoken word driven things, mm-hmm. or um, like more performance art type things that can take that form where it's very choreographed and it's not music but there's chants or different types of things that mm. could do that but yeah. most of the times those can fall in a very cringy <laughs> space <laughs> but. Yeah. but if it's done well you know it where like it, it can be powerful like mm-hmm. I've, 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 i feel like i've like the nutcracker was the other yes. like, problem like I've, I've seen a production of the nutcracker it's like a, it's a classic and it's mm-hmm. you know the one I saw was performed by children, but like they were able to right. capture the spirit of the story and convey <laughs> yeah. something. Or is it's and the not music came being along and helped. sung, but the music is driving it still, you know? Yeah. Like, and there's still like the element of physical performance. Like there is yes. acting. You're acting through yeah. dance, and yeah. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. Hmm. Hmm. It is interesting. Some blurry lines. Some blurry <laughs> lines. <laughs> I think yeah. F- to further. Just dive into blurry lines. I'll get back to what I was originally <laughs> talking about. Um, because I think in in like the 21st century filmmaking, uh, especially now, but it's always kind of been this way, there are two main types of musicals that I think of. There are the ones that are written originally for the screen mm-hmm. with music, and there are those that are adapted from the stage for the screen, then like made from a stage play into a movie. Mm-hmm. And I was curious on, you know, you guys' thoughts on 
those two types. So like, just to let's we can t- start by talking about you know stage adaptations mm-hmm. and what are maybe some some pros or some cons. Just some of the differences between the stage and the stage adaptation. You know, what is it about a stage adaptation of a musical that is good, a bad, pro, a con? Yeah. I think you're able to, um, stage to screen, you're able to get to know the characters more intimately. Um, and um, a lot of times when it is adapted for screen, there might even be um, added scenes or um, added moments to get a more up close and personal with these characters. Mm-hmm. And obviously you are, you literally are closer to them. Um, and so I think that's a special thing that um, you don't always find in um, theater unless you're in a very tight and small venue and you were like <laughs> a couple inches from the actor, you know, or a couple feet. Um, but that is, that is something special that can happen um, when it's being adapted to film. Mm-hmm. What are those, um, I know there's a name for it, but the triangle charts, and it's like, you can only get two, and it's mm-hmm. like, sleep, work, a life. Um, <laughs> yes. I feel like the same concept could be for a musical going into film. Uh-huh. You can you can get a really good story and locations by adding stuff to it and maybe losing some stuff in the process. Mm-hmm. And same with finding who your cast is going to be. You can get really good acting performances, but maybe not always the best singing performances. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like the reason both of them work so differently is because you, you get one of those things and you lose another one. Yeah. And then when you can get all three, it's like the perfect movie. Like, I would say Les Mis gets all three of those. It has the performance. It has the added of location and scale. And then Mm -hmm. it's also gets the singing behind it because of the way that they filmed it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think um, Les Mis probably being my favorite movie musical and also (laughs) the only musical I've gotten to see performed live on stage the differences are pretty distinct. In the film, there are these large, really detailed, constructed sets, but like during, you know, the Jean Valjean's journey at the beginning, we're like following him on a path mm-hmm. uh, across the countryside, and then mm-hmm. we get to see him in the town, and we get to get to see him in the new town, and we see yeah. Javert on top of the building, and we see Javert in the, like the sewers of their own location, the barricade. On top of the bridge. On top of the bridge, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> You know, every location is built out, and there's it's some some CGI used, certainly, but right. there are actual physical sets and locations, whereas when you're on a stage, you have one atmosphere to play around with. Yes. And so you have to get really creative in terms of, like, how you represent the barricade, how you represent the sewer, and, mm-hmm. you know, you're really... It requires a lot of creativity, certainly, but mm-hmm. you're kind of... You're limited by your one location and what you can do with the limitations of this one area and how you light it and all the stuff that goes along with that and it's interesting to see the the influence from what film can do with cgi and stuff like that Mm -hmm. to now that like technology is evolving um how that's influenced influencing the stage because i like i saw anastasia on broadway and it was um, just very, like, all very, like, obviously practical effects and things. Like, it wasn't, um, there weren't any projections used. It was all, um, it was all stuff that was in that theater physically. And then I saw the touring cast. And I think it's brilliant because it's a touring cast. They don't have to lug as much stuff along with them. But they used projections for most oh, yeah. all of it. Um, and it was still a great show. It was different for sure, but um, it's really interesting to see how theater is evolving in that way as our technology is growing and things that would like be considered CGI in movies are now literally being used on the stage as well yeah, in a yeah. projection way. So it's really interesting. In, wow. um, in the VFX world, um, they have, uh, it's fairly new. It's not super new. Everyone's seen it through like the Mandalorian behind the scenes, the giant LED screens. The volume, right? Yes, mm-hmm. that you can like record on. It's basically yes. a projection, but it's yes. like way better. Yeah. You record on it and um, it turns it much more into like a live performance in a way. Like they're still mm-hmm. recording and they're still doing it a hundred times, but the way that they're, it's basically like going full circle where it's like CG got so far from practical that like it affects 
the acting and uh, the uh, mm-hmm. like quality? and then they're yeah. like yeah, the, quality. the quality and they're trying and it's almost like going back the other way now where they're trying to find a way to make the digital more practical yes. so that they have more to interact with and i think that will very easily in some way to go to as well. yeah. Yeah. yeah that's so interesting. with like the led screen i've seen people use them yes. as floors oh, and so that's really cool you can oh. walk on them they're very like durable so i think in a few I think years, that's that what they used. I don't think it was projection. I think it was those yeah. LED screens, and that's used in operas a lot as well. Oh. Our LED screens, so yeah. it's very interesting. So yeah. fully music LED screen. We're making a state <laughs> yeah, of the art let's go. <laughs> ahead of our time. Music. <laughs> Get on this, Iris. You direct. <laughs> uh, you write it. I, yeah. Easy. You make the effects. You do the visual effects. <laughs> I think you, you touched on something really interesting, Morgan, which is, like, I mean, just everything you said was really interesting, but the way that, you know, filmmaking has changed and evolved so much from practical to CGI just in the last 20 or 30 years oh, yeah. is absurd. Uh, but you, I think, acting, generally, you lose a lot when you're not on a physical, practical set, when you're having to act opposite CGI. Some actors can rise to the challenge, most cannot, and you're going to get a much better performance when you're in a tangible set with other actors when you're not, you know, just acting opposite a tennis ball. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, you know, the, um, but just like the vibrancy, the the virality of a performance, uh, veracity of a performance. Mm. Like it's it's so much realer, it's so much more mm, physical and and visceral when you're acting opposite somebody, when you're in a real set. Mm, Tangible. Tangible, Mm. exactly. And I think Mm. that even like to another degree, you get that in theater and live performance. Oh, yeah. yes. you know, when you're in theater, when you're in live performance, you're like, like you have to act so big and broad, like for the people who are in the back of the theater, mm-hmm. when you're acting on screen, it's completely different. Right. Like I remember when the Hamilton Disney plus thing came out, which was a very, which was very cool to see because if, if it were not for that, I, someone like me who lives here in Atlanta would never get the chance to see Hamilton mm-hmm. because I, I'm, I don't have the kind of money to go to New York city. Uh, I'm like, Same. yeah. Uh, but, like, the performances in that, I'm sure, are very good for a Broadway show. Like, those performances that won Tony's, when I'm watching it on screen, I'm like, this is not translating. It's so <laughs> over sure. the top and broad, yeah. and, like, it, and, I'm, and like the singing voices are beautiful, but, like, as good as a lot of those people are, I'm like, they, like really? Like, they want a Tony? Right. You know? <laughs> and then watch, but, like, I know if they were acting on screen, it would require a completely different skill set. And so some of these things in these productions mm-hmm. that are designed for the stage, like, it's a, just a completely different medium. Yeah. Uh, it requires a lot of, it requires different skills from the actors, mm-hmm. from the directors, from the production designers, yeah. from visual effects artists. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious, like, do you guys think that we, as an audience, do we lose anything by going from the stage to the screen? Do we gain something different, like where you touched on location mm-hmm. earlier? I think there's something interesting about musical acting that is different than, like, I will get to your question as well, but I'll comment on this too. Like, there is something different about musical acting versus um, straight play acting. Like, mm. in straight plays, it might be more similar to what you see in film. Um, and that's how I, I like to direct it and how I like to act in straight plays. Um, most of the time, I, I prefer them to be. Um, if, in, if any listener doesn't know what a straight play is, it's it, it's a play with no music. It's just <laughs> it's just the dialogue, just the people, just the story. Um, so I prefer um, those to be in more intimate spaces where mm-hmm. it's just you're watching real life and it's not over the top. Obviously, you have to project your voices and things like that unless you have great mics and then you can whisper and, um, and be even more real. Um, but... I think straight play acting is much more similar to film, but musical acting is a whole other world, even in theater. And um, it's very over the top. And so if you're watching Hamilton as a stage play that is being recorded um, versus if they made a movie musical Hamilton, I think you would see two different things too. Um, So like if you even think about like Lin-Manuel, which performances in both Hamilton (laughs) and like in the Heights, are 
you know, it, he's Lin-Manuel Miranda. It's, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. But there are there is a difference between him on stage as Hamilton being huge and then mm. um, and then him it playing whoever he did, the man with the cart and um in the heights. Caragua. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so like um it's it's a different performance for sure. Um but and in, in, in theater they often um it's been I don't know, this has evolved as um as technology has evolved and the world has evolved, but um oftentimes people would not want theater to be filmed they didn't consider it to be theater if it was filmed um i know that's another thing my professor was very adamant about but then when COVID happened we had to film all of our plays and um and because that was the only way to capture those moments we couldn't have audiences and so that changed perspective and um and um and so it's interesting to watch the world of um the world of theater evolve as as our world changes around us as well yeah and i think um you know in, in some ways, what makes theater so engaging, so exciting, is the fact that it is almost like, it's like a one-night engagement. You only get right. to see this one show. This, only, this okay. one show is only going to be performed this exact way once. Yes. Unless it's recorded and captured and distributed. Whereas a movie is, like, meticulous. There are, you know, yes. dozens, if not hundred takes mm-hmm. of every scene. Like, you know, a lot of, like, so many artists go into every shot and then it's edited and cut down and then tested by a studio to be mass distributed. Like yeah. so much effort goes into making a movie the way it is and then it's distributed and it's one of, if not the most widely consumed art forms, whereas mm-hmm. theater is so s- specific and, and generally consumed by fewer people as well mm-hmm. because the major theaters are in you know big cities like New York and London and smaller theaters probably don't get as many people to come as, as a movie theater does. I mean, it's a world I'm outside of, so I don't, I don't totally know, but... No, it's accurate, for sure. Yeah, so it's like you're taking something that is specific to one audience and, and kind of broadening it, like In the Heights, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a musical I really loved, but I had never heard of it until it was adapted into a film. <laughs> yeah. And then I watched the film, had a blast, I watched it several times, I enjoyed it a lot, the songs are great. Um, and then I think the way that it was adapted, it did a lot of really cool mm-hmm. things that only a movie could do, like the Paciencia Fay number, where she's in the subway, and like we get mm-hmm. flashbacks to her childhood, um, the Abuela Claudia, big show-stopping number, whereas like on stage, yes. that might just be performed, like one woman standing there singing out to the audience, now mm-hmm. we get to see her moving around and engaging with scenery and acting yes. opposite other people, yes. and it's like a whole different skill set, but it it's is. the same song i believe it was even the same actress performing the character from the mm-hmm. stage to the film it's special when that happens yeah. yeah yeah i think a silver lining from the pandemic was um theater becoming more accessible and yeah. um that happening like you saying you wouldn't have seen in the heights and um in like platforms like broadway hd have filmed so many plays and musicals um that people just would not be able to see, like for the same reason you were saying. Even if, the, like, community theater is wonderful, regional theater is wonderful, but if they aren't um, showing the show that you want to see, you're not going <laughs> to be able to see it. Yeah. Um, and so it's really been it's it's been neat to see those things pop up um, to make theater more accessible to the masses. So let's talk about the other side of this then, the films that come to the screen originally fully formed as musicals. Do you guys think there are any any pros, any benefits to those like like La La Land or Singing in the Rain of uh, being like mm-hmm. two really prominent examples that were written, a screenplay with songs for the screen? What are like things that stand out that are different about those as opposed to stage adaptations? I think that um, your expectations in approaching those are different. Like um, and I think that can be um, a perk for the creators of those films, because if you are creating a film of a beloved musical, you, you're probably not going to be able to do it right, and, yeah. and you're going to do something wrong, even if you do, I don't know, do it to your best ability, and it's beautiful and stunning in all the ways, someone's going to find something wrong with it, and um, I mean, that's... Maybe you're casting Ben Platt to play a teenager when he's almost 30. T! Um. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and some people would say, like, 
some people would say like a Russell Crowe in um, Les Mis yeah. and like yeah. that's um, just things like that. Those are mistakes that can happen whether you consider a mistake or, or not. Um, but it's not Russell Crowe. At least. <laughs> oh, no. We got a Russell Crowe stand in the house today. Um, but um, I think you do have the perk of creating obviously something new that um, is going to be viewed as a film for the first time and is um, and is going to be special in its own way. And then if it ever is adapted for stage, I think the stage would have then the challenge of um, of like adapting that and, and taking a beloved film and trying to do it well and um, probably would be met with the same criticism. So. Yeah. It's like either way you're, you know, <laughs> when you're adapting, you're, you're chasing the... Uh, People are going to hate on you. <laughs> yeah. You're chasing the approval of the original crowd. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do feel like... Um, I haven't seen enough to like say this for sure, but I feel like a lot of times because you're not focusing on like a live performance when writing something like La La Land, you whistle... Like, I know they dance in La La Land, but I do think they don't do as much with the performing of the songs. It's like they're acting, they're performing, they're doing the story, and then it's like kind of a cut to like, okay, now they're singing and it feels like a different part of the movie. Yeah. Where when you're writing that for theater, I think they do a lot better job of the continuation of it, of mm. like the music starts where the acting ends and then it mm. builds and then, you know, goes back down where like in La La Land, I feel like... It is very much like now we are in the music part and now yeah, we are in so the film true. part and they're not yes. performing the music as they should. They don't they lose mm -hmm. the acting like the facial acting even like um, I think one of my least favorite this is going to be so controversial. One of my least favorite scenes in La La Land is when they're in the um, big circle building with stars. Yeah, what yeah, are those yeah. called? Yes. Um, um, like the planet, planetarium? Planetarium. planetarium. Yes. Yeah. Yes. When they're in that and they do the whole, like, they're singing, they're dancing, the music is playing, right. and then they, like, start floating and stuff. Oh, I'm like, that. you... It looks cool. Maybe, right. I don't think it looks cool. Some people think it looks good. <laughs> but I feel like Whoa. that song and that dance that they're doing is such a good moment that in a film you should write for them to, like, be falling in love it's right before mm. their first kiss and you don't get any facial expression mm. you don't get any yeah. of like what you're watching a film for where it's like that dance would have been amazing live on a theater because you're far away and like that's what you got out of it but because i was in a film i was like man i want the close-up personal mm. emotion of what i expect when i'm watching a film mm. yeah and i think they haven't yeah. quite hit that medium ground of doing both yeah i think la la land specifically was um trying to um, pay homage or connect with audiences um, who enjoyed like classic um, mm. movie musicals. Oh, yeah. And I think that was a classic movie musical moment where yeah. it's like, <laughs> doesn't really make sense and an okay visual effect is happening yeah. to make this huge <laughs> moment. And that's that very much feels like almost nostalgic mm -hmm. um, to some of those older movies that you do literally just cut to and you're like, oh, we are in like, now yes. a very much obviously oh. a sound stage <laughs> and all of these dancers are suddenly here and it's yeah. this huge thing and where did the story go you know yeah. so um so yeah it, i think it is definitely it, it could be beloved and by some like you said could be a controversial opinion but um <laughs> there might be a reason for it but i yeah. do definitely see your point <laughs> yeah no, I mean, I think I mean, I, I, live's just such a soft spot for La La Land. Yeah. Um, I really do love. It. We've talked about this before. You're not. You don't like any Damien Chazelle movie, first <laughs> or whatever. Which is like. I don't even know who that is. Um, I don't either. I felt really bad. The director of Whiplash and La oh. La Land. Oh, I love Whiplash. Same person. Okay. Same person directed makes both sense. those movies. Yeah. Oh, that makes which, so Which like much every sense. like you know white film wow. bro in their twenties like me is like obsessed with Damien Chazelle. Wow. But, they worship oh at the altar of Damien Chazelle, <laughs> who I think does such a great job with La La Land, uh, and using, and which, and he does like the classic musical thing of, uh, you know, he uses songs to drive the story forward, but he has consistent recurring musical themes and motifs that represent different characters, represent oh, different so elements of the story, mm -hmm. uh, and I think that he's able to do something that's really uniquely cinematic in La La Land, which like within the way that he tailors the songs and kind of has a little more 
low-key dancing, low-key yeah. music, yeah. Um, with the exception, really, of just the John Legend song, which is really <laughs> the only time the movie just, like, pauses to do a performance. Yes, yes, uh, yes. And, like... It... Which I love in a musical. I love when it pauses to have music outside of the musical. It mm-hmm. almost makes those, like musical moments between the characters more real because it's like this is a part of their world and normal music that we see is also a part of their world (laughs) and I don't know that's a little thing I like that's fair well Mm -hmm. as you were talking Morgan I was thinking a movie that I feel like kind of does what you feel La La Land does I feel The Greatest Showman does. Oh, yeah, exactly. Oh, Where, like, so it's awesome. just like, all right, now we're going to stop and sing a song that's, like, kind of vaguely connected to the story, but <laughs> mm-hmm. not, and, like, it does drive the plot forward a little bit, but it's almost like they, they wrote all these songs, yeah. and then they were like, okay, now we're going to do a circus movie around yes. these things. Yes. Now Zac Efron. Um, and now Zac Efron. Will sing at a bar. <laughs> yeah, about, like, something that kind of has to do with their lives, but not yeah. really. Um, and, like, Zac Efron and Zendaya are falling in love, and, you know, it's like, yeah, you should have a romantic song and put these two characters in it. It doesn't really have too much to do with the story, mm-hmm. you know? And But, like, they still, like, are able to get capture. You know, like, he talked about the acting performances, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, to go back to Les Mis again, you know, <laughs> Anne Hathaway and Les Mis, that Oscar-winning performance. Yes. Like, the fact that they caught her doing live singing. It wasn't, yes. like, a pre-recorded. Like, all of the emotion, all of the intensity... Everything that, you know, an actor, a a great screen actor does gets caught up in that while she's doing live singing Mm -hmm. and, you know, gives like just like one of the best screen performances of the last couple decades, in my opinion. And it's just so heartbreaking. It's incredible. You know, and like, and a lot of times you get screen actors who are, who are daring to do these things, you know, so. Yeah. Yeah. Like those kinds of emotions can really only be captured on the screen, I think. Not to diminish what stage performers do in any way, but I think like that stuff that really draws me in more so can only really be accomplished on mm-hmm. screen. Mm-hmm. And Les Mis does a great job, like movie version does a great job of going through like and not making those stops for the songs. Yeah. Obviously, the whole thing is song, yeah. but it, um, it, it's very fluid and great. And, um, and I, I didn't, I, I haven't heard like, the big names talk about this, but, um, like, growing up with Les Mis, I was just stunned by the fact that it was sung live. Mm -hmm. Um, And then recently I've heard some um, of, like, ensemble members or backup singers talking about how strenuous that was of a process and how they would never do that again. And and some of them even called it inhumane. And Mm -hmm. um, because it was with live theater, you go up, you do your number, you go back. You know, you might have a two-day, like a two-show day, um, but you're not going take after take after take. And that was like overwhelming for them. And again, I haven't heard any of like the big names like mention that or talk on that, but um, that that was as though it did show like bring you in and create a lot of intimacy and um uh like the performances were so genuine because of that i think it was something that was challenging for the performers yeah and that's i mean that's not something like even la la land you know like their their audio is put in after the fact you know and like they're not live singing on, on screen and and which so that's, you can tell. You, you know? can tell. You yeah. can tell. Yeah. Not that yeah. Ryan Gosling's much of a singer, anyway. Yeah. Um, you know. And so, like, yeah, it's like there's no like exactly what you said at the beginning of this conversation, Morgan. There's always some kind of trade off. Yes. And I think we, if we're talking about originally written for the screen musicals, we've got to at least briefly touch on Disney. Yes. Because like Disney animated films are like the the key yeah or not the key but like one of the main pillars of this and they probably introduced most of us to musicals in the first place i think so like those the first musicals that i saw growing up were the little mermaid and aladdin and and the lion that's what made me love theater was the little mermaid you know and and wanted to see it live or see it perform so yeah Yeah. definitely brought us into it and all of these are stories that are written originally for the screen with music baked in you know, like, what, what is it about these Disney animated movies and the way that they're constructed that sets them apart from a stage musical? If mm. there is anything that we haven't touched on yet. I think... Mm, I don't know enough about... I keep saying, I don't know enough about this, but I'm going to say it anyway. <laughs> You're the one with the Speaking podcast. I do think oh, it gives you more of a variety of music. Because, like... Mm. Well, I don't oh. know. Because most, yeah. most theater musicals like in live performances they do they use um like recorded music and then they sing over it or is there almost always like an orchestra, an orchestra? playing so 
Um, it depends if, what your budget is, yeah. <laughs> if you have an orchestra pit or if you want to have them on stage. Um, like Waitress um, and I don't know if Waitress does this actually, I think they do. Hades Town definitely has the band on stage with them, yeah. you know, or you have an orchestra. Community theater kind of sometimes may or may not have mm. just like a um, just a recorded track that they're singing with, but it yeah. depends, yeah. I feel like Disney musicals do have the advantage of they can do like anything in all of the songs and they're they're usually spread out enough that they jump like genres sometime of music and you don't yeah. really notice and you know it's mm-hmm. that's true. There's no, think, there's yeah, a bit more right. freedom I think in mm-hmm. that. Whereas like if I heard like Oh, I don't know. I was trying to think of a good... I was trying to think of, like, the first Frozen movie where there's, like, really dramatic songs, but then there's also, like, really stupid, like, Olaf songs. Yeah. Where, like, if I was watching that in a live performance, I think I'd be more like, okay, like, let's get on to the next one. Where in a film, it's, like, it's just cute and whatever. (laughs) That's fair. There's a little more license to just do silly little things. Yeah. You know, because, yeah, you're kind of getting sweating. Like, the transitions, too, I think, can be a lot smoother, Mm -hmm. especially in animation when it's so baked in. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. You can't, can't really get around it. Yeah, usually yeah. when those things, like when Frozen was ta- like taken to Broadway, it did become, um, I don't think mature is the right like <laughs> word to put with it, but um, even if you look at the way the characters are costumed or um, mm-hmm. the like um, the puppet that he's used for Sven or Olaf, like they aren't, they are our friendly little characters we know, but they're yeah. not as childish and like they yeah. they have a little more grit to them. Um, and they added a few songs to make it, to give it that musical theater feel. But I do think Disney has become its own like genre of music as oh, well. Yeah. Like yeah. I think there is that where you, you're, I don't know, you're not going to hear, um, unless it's an ad, like a Disney adaptation to the stage. Um, you don't really hear that genre as much in just normal mm-hmm. musical theater. Yeah, that's fair. You know, I think too like disney has their their formula you know they have like the powerful like ballad they have the villain song Mm -hmm. they have the like kind (laughs) of ensemble number Mm -hmm. you know they have a lot of like their own specific hallmarks that they Mm -hmm. had in all in their films yeah Yeah. we're gonna take a quick break and be right back the next thing that we kind of wanted to touch on what do you guys think makes musicals in general a good storytelling medium? Like, why make your story a musical if you wanted to tell a story? As someone who doesn't really know a lot about music, um, is not at all musically inclined, um, you should never make a musical. <laughs> that is the last thing you should do. Um, it. It still, like, connects with even me, and even when I was younger, like, music makes the world of difference. You see all those, like, edits of, I saw one the other day, first, like, on Star Wars Day, of Darth Vader, like, walking out to some, like, sexy little song, and, like, it makes a difference, it makes a huge difference in the story, and it's, like, you can tell when you're listening to good music, even just, like, a score or a soundtrack, um, like, that alone in the background makes such a difference. And then whenever you put it at the forefront of this completely different set of talents and writing, it just like elevates it because it's harder to do, which is why it's done less. So when you see it done really well, it just elevates it. Mm-hmm. There's some quote that I'm going to butcher horribly, <laughs> but it's basically like when it's it's about musical theater that like when your emotions are too great to speak sing Mm -hmm. um and i i think that is someone who like performing in who has performed in musicals um that's something that's powerful to experience as an actor is you're discovering your character um that what they're feeling is too whether that's joy or love or pain it's too heavy for them to just speak that there's mm. more weight to it than words can give it and then the song song comes from that um and i think from as a um as a viewer you have that same experience that um that like morgan was saying that music causes this like it can dictate where our emotions go oh, yeah. and yeah. um can make it a more full experience and so as you're listening to 
um, a or watching a musical and the actor begin singing, it can bring in a whole new wave of emotion um, and connection to the story that um, that may not have been there if it was just spoken. Yeah, I think the biggest. I, I agree, Iris, and to elaborate on that a little, I think the ability to communicate emotion, even just through through music purely, um, is like I mean just. Because as human beings, our natural inclination towards music, the way that music affects our memory, the way that music affects our mood, music affects human beings so deeply in Mm -hmm. ways that, like, it still just really blows my mind. Mm. And so if you want to convey something emotional or if you want to convey something devastating or happy, to do so through music can be, like, just the most powerful way to do so. Mm -hmm. And then when you have musicals and the ability to establish a recurring musical motif that's associated Mm. with a certain character Mm -hmm. that can appear in their songs the way to establish lyrical parallels that can be done you know again yeah just through through their songs their dances Mm -hmm. through whatever um and you see this in in movies as well with film scores like you know lord of the rings like a classic example with like (laughs) characters having themes and those themes that come back and are Mm -hmm. used in different ways uh, at, at different ports in the story but then you know I feel like with musicals it takes it to a whole other level by having it so deeply tied to the character mm-hmm. because they're singing and because like their emotions are being displayed verbally through song with these musical cues I think that's a, a unique ability musicals have I think like using it as a cue makes so much sense it's so easy for us to pick up on oh, this song is playing, this character's about to come out. Mm -hmm. This song is playing, a war is about to begin. Mm -hmm. Like, that's what happened the last time I heard this exact set Uh of notes or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I feel like maybe that's why, as kids, we love, like, the Disney musicals. Because, you know, when you're watching a movie as a kid, you're, like, not paying full attention. You're maybe a little confused by the story. They say a lot of lines really fast. But, like what I notice with a lot of Disney animated movies is like the tone changes are set by music. And that is something that a child who maybe is not as intact with their emotions Mm. can fully understand. And it's like when they hear Elsa screaming, let it go, they Mm. know like, Oh, this is a serious moment. And when they hear Olaf like laughing around, they know it's like laughing around instead of just, yeah. Where like, (laughs) if you put the same kid in front of just a a movie and they're all talking, it's a bit harder to pick up on that. And so it's probably not as enjoyable. Easier to connect with. Yeah. 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 I think there's a reason that, I mean, you know, if you have a a child in the womb and they tell you to listen to classical music, (laughs) I mean, uh, I, I remember, you know, even like growing up, uh, you know, how, how do we memorize our multiplication tables? Through songs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we memorize, I, I remember the, um, yeah, like the homeschool co-op. Uh, my little <laughs> sister went through this. Like they had the timeline song, which is this like 15 minute song set to music. that tra- oh, no. like, It's like human history from, you know, it's, it's a Christian program. <laughs> so it starts with creation oh, and it course. goes all the way to September 11th <laughs> and it's like all set oh, to music and it wow. takes, it goes through every up and down in human oh, history. My um, goodness. And it like teaches you history, teaches yeah. you like major cornerstone events and it's through music and you get rewarded if you memorize, which my little sister did the whole like 12 <laughs> mm-hmm. to 15 minute song, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because like the way that our minds are connected to music, it's how we learn. Mm-hmm. It's how we begin to grow. It's how we begin to establish like even relational connections. Mm-hmm. That's you know? so real. Yeah. Um, how many of us would have known very much about Alexander Hamilton? Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Manuel dove into that. Um, but I like the note you made about um, uh, emotional connection. Cause that's a huge thing at um, like the school that I teach at and in theater education in general, that um, being able to connect musically or um or just connecting with a a character in general um is creates empathy and helps Mm -hmm. you understand another perspective that's outside of your own and stepping into the shoes of another character that may or may not be like you or may or may not share your worldview or your perspective um can be so um healthy for a young child to begin to understand um things other than themselves Mm -hmm. and um connect with others and acting off of another person in these like role-playing scenarios um can be really beneficial for um 
I mean, adults and children alike to grow in empathy towards others. Hmm. Yeah. Just to kind of start to put a typo on this whole conversation, what do you think makes a story so successful as a musical on the stage versus on the screen? Oh. Hmm. Have either of you seen the last five years? No, no, but I've heard you talk about it many times. It's wonderful. <laughs> um, and I, um, I'm i not a film person, so <laughs> I, I can only slightly speak to this, but I believe it does do well um, um, in a similar way that La La, La, La Land can do well as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very, um, it, it doesn't have big musical numbers. It's between two people. You're really only seeing these two people the whole time. Um, and there are different locations and things, but it's very simple. And um, I don't think that's required for a, like a um, movie musical to do well, but it is helpful, I think, when you are, because already you're becoming up close and personal um, with um, being on camera. Um, but it it creates this intimate um, relationship with these characters that like the last five years on stage is really wonderful, but it is on stage and you're not connecting <laughs> to these two stories um, in the same way that you are able to in the movie. Um, and so I, I, I think that there are many things that make a wonderful movie musical and a lot of those things are the same things that make stage performances wonderful as well. Like, like I, we've talked about before, um, big numbers um, are so fun to watch on both. Um, but I really appreciate those um, intimate moments um, with the characters that you're not able to have in the same way on mm. stage. I think that really makes a wonderful um, movie musical when you're able to have those things. And then for stage, there's a lot of things that make a great stage <laughs> play. <so. Yeah. laughs> I feel like one thing that people miss out on, at least from the few that I've seen, of just writing a musical for a movie, like La La Landon, is... Like, they have the opportunity of a grand scale. Like, they show in Les Mis, and then even in La La Land, it's like, they show a little bit, but it's not as big as it could be. Like, the first number is probably the biggest they get with, like, yeah, like the amount of people. The and Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, and I feel like um, uh, I would love to see, like, a space movie musical or, like, mm-hmm. something, like, yeah. in a setting that, like, really works well on a film that doesn't work so well in a stage of like take your advantages and like use them like throw all of them in yeah you know like towers that's like oh cats is a wonderful example cats is a wonderful example of a this is maybe an unpopular opinion for me (laughs) horrible to try to take to film Mm. never ever should have been done that's not the unpopular (laughs) part um that just it, it won't translate i don't know why they did that but on stage to me is so insanely impressive like mm-hmm. as you're watching these performers like a lot of people get creeped out by it, and i get that but like <laughs> the performance you can't deny is like shockingly amazing you're like they are behaving as cats would and that's what makes it eerie and kind of like uncanny mm-hmm. valley like so it makes it feels... terrible on film when they try to make like taylor <laughs> yes! swift a cgi cat i like forget a... taylor was in that wow yeah. baby girl oh my gosh <laughs> <laughs> Yes, so, um, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, Iris, my, my mind was exactly where yours was mm. when it comes to the benefits of, like, if, if you choose to take the advantages that a musical provides, mm-hmm. um, if you want to do it with a smaller scale and a much more, like, human mm-hmm. personal story, I think take it to film. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to, you know, take the, like, the advantages that we talked about that a musical provides mm. and tell a much grander story with, like, big ensemble numbers, I think that you could do really well with that on mm-hmm. stage when you are allowed to be a little bit broader. But then, Morgan, I think your point was really creative and interesting. I was like, yeah, like, what about, like, yeah, like, what about, you know, Star Trek the musical or whatever? What about space? Yeah. I don't know. Like, why why not do, like, a a shoot-em-up Western? You know, something you couldn't really, you you couldn't do, like, a a Western with, like, horses and chases on stage. But you could do it on film and maybe, you know, you could throw some songs in there. That's That's where I think you would see Disney really succeed. Yes, yes. Why not do Hamlet with lions and put some songs in there? Yeah. You know? That's 
that's so true. They are doing uh, that. That's, like, that's, that's like something, something they you, do well. That's something you can really only do on film. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, of course, they've adapted it to stage, and it's like it was supposed to be really incredible. So what do I know? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah Lion but King. But I don't know if that idea would have happened on stage. Of mm. let's yeah. take like like what animals on the savanna and <laughs> yeah. turn it in. like that probably wouldn't have happened just naturally on stage maybe i don't like i, I don't <laughs> yeah. think so but then it is it is a, it is a super creative idea yes um yeah and like you know for it to have been a movie first then allows them to take even more creativity yes. to the stage right yeah yes. so, um i think yeah it, it probably it works both ways like the the more small scale human personal stories that choose to go the musical route, I think, would naturally work better on films because of the advantages film provides, mm-hmm. acting wise, uh, you know, editing mm-hmm. and cinematography and all that. But you know, who's to say it wouldn't work mm-hmm. on on stage? Like the last five years, I'm sure is, is like you said, is good on stage as well. So and not to bring in a new topic suddenly, is that okay? Yes. Um. So thinking about Wicked, um, that's about to be huge and about to be here. Um, yeah. With what Ariana Grande, exactly? Right? Yeah. That's where my question is going. Um, as people who enjoy film um, and create, like, what are your thoughts um, on music artists who aren't like from Broadway or who aren't actors coming mm. on? And like, obviously, Scotter started like what Nickelodeon or Disney Channel. I'm not sure yeah. which one. Yeah. You know, so like, <laughs> sure, she's active, but like. What are your thoughts on these non-actors that have musical talent in like in their own world coming onto these big projects? It's a great question. I'm trying to think of other prominent examples yeah. of that. Like, there's really not has no like, big ones. Yeah, um, but of like, oh, I know there was that one movie I've never seen it with like Christina Aguilera. I like, um, I remember seeing it when I was doing research, but it's like Christina Aguilera is like. Um, and I think Cher is also in it. Mm. I, when I, I was like doing is some research. Is it Cabaret? Maybe it was like a Cabaret remake or something. But it was like, those are like two, I mean, Cher has acted before. Or Chicago, maybe? I love Moonstruck. Maybe remember. it was Chicago. I just remember that it was like, oh, that's weird that Christina Aguilera is like the lead in this film when she's predominantly known for being a singer. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's like... But Lady I, Gaga. I, not a musical, but she's know, in a lot of films. In a, but In A Star is Born, which yeah. is kind of a musical. Like yeah. Lady Gaga made the jump in acts so well she in that did. movie. Yes. Oh my goodness. I, that that's incredible. the only Star is Born I've seen, but I yeah. love it. Yes. Um, but then that also is Anthony Ramos, who, you know, made the jump from Broadway to... So yes. Yeah, he's in that. Yeah, so it goes um, back and forth for sure. So yeah. I, I think that it... I think it really depends. I don't know. I'm I'm... Excited to see what Ariana Grande brings to mm-hmm. Wicked, I guess. But for the most part, you know, I, I'm like... Screen actors are good at screen acting, and recording artists are good at being at being recording artists, but that doesn't mean that <laughs> yeah. they can't do it. John Legend is in La La Land. Oh, no, that's true. pretty good he in La La good. Land. Yeah. Selena Gomez is on Only Murders in the Building on Hulu. She's oh, she mostly known, and she's it. so oh, great in that show, gosh. even though she's yeah. known for being a pop star. Yeah. But then, I don't know if you guys have seen clips, The Weeknd has a new show coming out on HBO, oh, and it does not look good. He's oh, like he's no. like the male lead in this show, yeah. and, that, and like his acting just does not look good. In the clips yeah. they've released, it oh, seems no. like it'll be bad. And I like the weekend's music, but yeah, that doesn't mean the weekend's gonna be a great act. So like it, yeah. it, it just... takes a a very talented person to pull off both. Yeah, yeah very it well. Does. I feel like you see that more in um animated musicals. You probably like uh, mm. like Trolls or yes. whatever has yes. like a lot of pop stars in it. Yes, uh, and that's you know that's so true. It works for that. <laughs> it works for <laughs> that enough. because that's the like kids the, love it. The kids are like, oh I my love gosh, it. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. the kids and Morgan. <laughs> the kids and Morgan. Yeah, from the um, theater world, it's definitely a, I think, it can be a frustration because yeah. we are seeing these performers um, that are well known to us on Broadway. Um, um, Cynthia Riva, who is playing um, uh, Elphaba, is an example of that, who has become very um, well known because of, of being on Broadway and doing some film as well. But... Um, it is frustrating. So we see these wonderful performers who are, we see as great actors and mm-hmm. incredible vocal talent um, and see them get, um, the roles are taken from them by yeah. people like um, yeah. Ariana, who will probably do a great job, but. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Samantha Barks and Les Mis yes. is a great example. Of, <laughs> yes. I had never heard of Samantha Barks before I saw the Les Mis movie and then yes. she blew me away in that. 
So do you think that when it comes to stage adaptations, and this is going back to an earlier topic, but when it comes to stage adaptations, do you think that Broadway actors should be looked at more? I do. I really do. I think that they, um, I think that, (laughs) I do. I really do. I think that they are, um, they have more, I think maybe not across the board, but I think many of them have greater acting chops than we probably give them credit for. And they are playing to the stories that they're portraying. Like there's, um, there's a difference in acting for um, a musical and acting for a state, like a a straight play. And, um, and so if they are being this huge, big personality over the top acting for the back of the theater during a musical, that's because that's the space they're acting in. Mm -hmm. And I don't think, um, uh, I don't think they can totally be judged for yeah. um, for that, and and we can't totally assume that that will be the only performance they can give. Yeah. Um, sometimes it can be challenging. Like I don't personally love watching Leah Michelle. Um, I don't. I think <laughs> she does not translate to film very well. Um, but there are other actors like Samantha Barks who does a really great job at doing that, and Anthony Ramos who. Um, we're not a fan of because it's a cheater <laughs> um, but he is a great did a great job um acting he does a great job acting in film i believe so um i do i do think they should be looked at because they have especially for um movie musicals that are being adapted they have the musical talent in the genre that is yeah. being performed so um so why not yeah do you think- i think of a oh. Sorry. I was gonna say like Leslie Odom Jr. has really translated oh, since yes. Hamilton came out on yes. Disney Plus. Like he was in Abbott Elementary this season. He was in yes. Glass Onion. I um, think he's and fantastic. I think he's a really fantastic actor. Yeah. He's getting and he's getting more roles now. He like is. In, and not just like movie musical just roles. theater yeah. exactly mm-hmm. musical roles. Yeah, like he's getting to show his, his own acting chops. Mm-hmm. And you know, like people who are on Broadway or West End are very famous in New York or London, but not yes. famous to the rest of the world. And so Hollywood's right. like they're not a bankable star. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that they're not talented or deserving of, of that mm-hmm. role. Yeah. I think like um, uh, social media has changed that so much recently. Yeah. Um, like yeah. there are so many um, young stars that go like social media famous Broadway film. Mm-hmm. Like Renee Rapp is yeah. a great mm-hmm. example of that. Rachel Ziegler, great example of that. And they're both like our age, super young, um, got like, they were doing theater, got popular on social media, TikTok, Instagram, then shot straight to Broadway. And then now like um, Rachel Ziegler, it was in um, West Side Story. Steven and Spielberg's West Side Story. That Morgan loves so much. <laughs> and then Renee Rapp is about to be, she was on Mean Girls and Broadway and she's about to be in the movie as well. So, yeah, and she's um, on the Sex Life of College Girls. Yeah, right? yeah, she is. So she's yes. got like a TV so, show that's pretty popular. Yeah, so social media has definitely caused much more like exposure for people who would have just been only known on Broadway or in New York. So yeah, yeah. yeah. that's a, that's another really interesting point. I hadn't considered that. Mm-hmm. I'd love to also throw in this topic that kind of goes along mm-hmm. with that. Um, so like one of the big talks is everyone making animated movies into live action movies and like yeah. why do we need oh, to do yeah. it? It, it already exists. Just make your own live action story. Yes. I thought do about like, think... doing a podcast about that, but I feel like we'd have nothing to say because we <laughs> yeah. everyone would just everyone be, like, be like, it's yeah, terrible. Stop no doing one it. should do that. Please stop. <laughs> but do you think that eventually that's how people are going to feel about all of these musicals of like, why do you have to take all of the musicals that are perfect where they are and make mm-hmm. it into a film? Mm-hmm. Or do you think like it does good because it brings attention to these stories and it makes people like I watched Phantom of the Opera as a movie had no idea it was a play yeah and then decided to like go out of my way to go see it in Broadway because I liked it so much yes whereas before I would have never seen it I think the question is does it do more harm than good Mm. to recreate it as a film or do you think it's just like leave it where it was made to be and Make your own musical. (laughs) Yeah, that's definitely a debate um, for sure. I don't hear a lot of people saying, like, film, make your own musicals. um, (laughs) But I do hear them saying, leave our stuff alone, you know. And I think that's just come from them being dissatisfied from what has come um, from movie musicals. Um, And 
my personal opinion is I, I love um, the arts to be accessible and I love for as many people to be um, exposed to um, that art form because it does bring, I mean, it's what brought me into it as a child and um, and it, it, it encourages uh, more people to be involved and be in support of that art form, I think. Um, and so if you see a movie of a musical that you really like, you may be more... Um, inclined to see it on stage um and so yeah. i yeah yeah the inaccessibility of, of theater i feel like is one which or relative inaccessibility of theater i should say because it is more accessible than i think i even realized before this conversation started mm-hmm. uh it it's it seems like a challenge and so in that way mm-hmm. oh yeah movies are one of the most accessible art forms like what a great way but of course you do lose something mm-hmm. that and you may gain other things but it's just it's never gonna be the Money. same and people from <laughs> right. people from the theater world I, I, I see yeah. like having a hard time really being satisfied yeah. I personally love um, seeing recordings of Broadway plays like Ooh, yeah. the Shrek musical on Netflix or like we've talked about Hamilton on Disney Plus mm-hmm. or She Loves Me was on Broadway HD for a long time and um I the I, live Spirited Away theater production is in theaters right yes. now yes <laughs> yes I'm it's like we'd never go to oh it's gosh. in Japanese yes. like, I'd never be able to see that without the subtitles on yeah, it that's yeah. a really great example of we would literally have to go to a different country and to have see a translator yes. to yeah. watch that yeah play. that's a great yeah. example but like you talked about like the pandemic kind of started making mm-hmm. people in the theater world make their art more accessible and now yeah we get like a play in a different language in theaters and subtitles for us mm-hmm. to be able to see yeah mm-hmm. it's very cool how all that's evolved yeah so to kind of wrap up now for real <laughs> <laughs> for real this time let's just throw out some of our favorite movie musicals that we oh. love just to give some recommendations, or if you have ones that you hate, maybe controversially, I know Morgan has one. Yes. Um, What are some recommendations to watch or maybe some recommendations to avoid? I'll go first since I don't feel super strongly about any of them. Um, My favorite, I think, is Sweeney Todd with Johnny Mm -hmm. Depp. Tim Burton. Yes. Um, I like that one a lot. I really, really enjoy that. Um, Maybe Frozen, if we're throwing that in. I love Frozen. Um, I did recently watch the new Matilda on Netflix. Mm. It's terrible. <laughs> Hated it. It's one of the worst pieces of art I've ever seen in my life. Whoa. Um, and my unpopular opinion is I did not like Tick, Tick, Boom at mm. all. I was confused the story just was not for me the music was fine andrew garfield was incredible um, andrew garfield should have won the oscar that year. it was just like a dark dingy i did not like it mm. for a lot of reasons but yeah that's valid thanks valid. i disagree with you i'm so entitled to your own opinion i respect it um my favorite movie of all time and like not favorite musical but movie musical is singing in the rain mm. um i i love the story and the characters and the music and all of it i think it's just very <laughs> nostalgic for me um i love a lot of the classics like um sound of music was really wonderful and is a great example of a music movie musical that um had lots of really beautiful locations and um and yes you are following one main story but um it, it it's really beautiful and stunning i think um and julie andrews just anything she does just wows me um more recently in the heights was um was also impressive i think um i enjoyed seeing that um i'm excited to see what happens with wicked um, I don't really, I, my, I'm keeping my expectations really low. I'm not super happy they broke it up into two parts. Um, oh, well, I right. think that's very odd. It gives me the same feeling of like the Hobbit trilogy. Yeah. Like you don't, it's a one book thing, you know, you don't need a trilogy. <laughs> I get that they're like playing off the concept of act one and act two, but like the sound of music has a, a two is a two act movie and takes a little intermission in between. <laughs> Do that, you know, pay homage to the past, you know. Um, but um, I'm I'm interested to see what happens there. But those are some of my favorites. Yeah, I I love Les Mis. Oh yeah, really. yes, <laughs> and Les Mis. <laughs> Soft spot for me for always and La La Land. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm 
a big Chazelle head. And I think <laughs> La La Land is like a, pretty close to perfect as a movie. Mm-hmm. I, as I was researching, I was like, man, I am really like, I, I doing this podcast has revealed just how many blind spots I have in terms of <laughs> film. I think and, and classic movie musicals is one of them. Like I've not oh, seen. Yeah. At this point, I've not seen Singing in the Rain or All That Jazz or, like, so many of these classics. Yeah. I've seen My Fair Lady. That's one. Mm-hmm. Um, which I enjoyed, but it wasn't my favorite. No. Um, but, it's very controversial now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, definitely. Uh, but I, I have really enjoyed a lot of modern movie musical adaptations. Like, Tick, Tick, Boom, I really enjoyed. Uh, West Side Story, Steven Spielberg. So that was just a gorgeous, gorgeous film with a lot of really great acting performances. Um, at least, you know, costumes and cinematography and stuff. Yeah, it's all great. So you can't too. deny it. I thought um, so, too. Yeah. Uh, I could, though. I could. <laughs> I, could <do> <laughs> uh, I just did. <laughs> of course, like, some... There, uh, there have been a lot in the last couple of years, and they're not all been successful. Like, to me, The Greatest Showman is not the greatest. Uh, and Showman. Dear Evan Hansen <laughs> is a uh, train wreck. So, yeah. you know, it's... it's yeah. But, yeah. There, there are a lot, of, a lot of bright spots. Yes. Well... Thanks, guys. I think that's all we've got. Yeah. yeah. That was Thank fun. You. This was I feel really like I fun. learned the most from <laughs> this episode. I realized yeah. that I actually knew things. That yeah. was nice. I was like, what do I know to share? So cool. Thank you so much for bringing your expertise, Iris. <laughs> it was fun to learn the film side as well. It was yeah. cool to see those connections. So <laughs> thank you both. Yeah. Um, if, if you have not already, please check us out on Instagram. We're at the No Notes Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Morgan and I, at least on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have not heard yet, we're also now on Apple Podcasts. So please Ooh. check us out there. If you're an anti-Spotify people like uh, <laughs> some of our friends, then you can finally listen to us over there. Uh, yeah. Any final words? Watch the last five years. It's a wonderful musical. Okay. Movie right. musical. Incredible. <laughs> I'm going to be listening to the lamest soundtrack on the whole ride home. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you next time.